This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. All right. Uh, yeah, let's just jump straight into it. No preamble because we've got a lot of things to get through, but a pretty big story that broke a couple of hours before we started recording, and that is that John Morris has apparently coached his last game for Cronulla uh, with his assistant Josh Hanno to take over an interim basis until Craig Fitzgibbon begins his three-year tenure next year. So I'm going to let you run with this first bungard because I actually want to tell the people, I have actually haven't spoken about this with anybody. This is the freshest of my takes you'll get. I haven't even spoken. Oh, wow. I know your opinion. I haven't spoken to you about it either. Like generally before we come on here, we've had a, a bit of thoughts or a chat in a DM where I've spoken to some people about it. I've like, I'm coming in fresh with, with how I feel on this because I feel like this argument's been going around and around, but I want to hear what you think first bungard. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I made my feelings pretty well known. I I put them out there on the on the internet on the weekend. I was this tweet went absolutely viral. I have no idea why, but um, I mean I could just read that out. I said I cannot believe how disrespected John Morris is as a coach. Has been squeezing every last drop out of this playing group for two and a half years, and his reward is nothing but constant speculation about his future at the club. And in my opinion, deserves much better. I tweeted that on Saturday, and then about twelve hours later, the news came mm-hmm. through that he wasn't going to be at the club next year. Um, it. It's a weird one for a couple of reasons because for the most part, I think the opinion of those of us who don't support the Sharks is pretty universal in that we think he got a raw deal, but the opinion of Sharks fans themselves is a little bit more divided. I've spoken to a few um, who think that, who who agree and say that he's been stitched up. But then there's a couple people that listen to the show who've, who've said the opposite and sort of said that, you know, we were, we were just a ho-hum average club and John Morris is a nice guy and, and all that, but he wasn't going to be able to take them to the next level. Um, But I'm not sure I agree with that because I'm not sure that, I mean, this is really, we're still seeing remnants of previous eras in these Sharks teams and they're still there now. Like there's a lot of players still in the books now that John Morris didn't play a part in signing to the club. And despite that, and despite having a lot of guys on bloated contracts, guys who were at one point really good and maybe aren't anymore. I mean, including one that's not even in first grade. I feel like they're punching above their weight and people point to the fact that they haven't beaten any teams that are better than them in the past two seasons, but they've also beaten all the teams that are worse than them. And I don't know. I would have thought that the barometer of a decent head coach was that you make the finals every year and you win roughly half your games in, in a league where half the teams make the finals and in a league where, there are some teams that are just better than Cronulla and they have better rosters than Cronulla. But my, my, my main character would be that if you put all the rosters up next to each other, mm. would you put Cronulla's team anywhere t- personnel just on paper above eighth? I, I, cert- I don't think I would. I don't know if you would either, but I, I, I'm, I just think it's a bit harsh on him. And, and, and people are quick to point out that it wasn't necessarily a sacking because his contract was due to run out this year anyway, but I can't it's imagine. I, Come on. I, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I can't think of the last time a coach had to work under such adversity. I mean, basically, from the time he took over, there's been speculation first about when and if Shane Flanagan would come back. And then from that point, and, you know, that's just gone in and out throughout his tenure. And then after that, and now we've got just someone else coming in, someone else completely different. So for me, 
it's I feel really bad for him. I really do. And and I was very impressed with what he did at that club for the past two seasons. And I thought they had a pretty good start to this season, particularly without Sean Johnson as well. I mean, you look at some of the guys who he's made, who he's made into good players. And yeah, you can talk about, yeah, you can talk about how then they haven't gotten close to winning a premiership and all that. But, you know, teams do have windows. And I don't think that any coach in the past couple of seasons would have would have had this Cronulla roster sniffing a premiership but if you look at some of the guys that he's he is responsible for their now becoming not just first graders but really good first graders like will kennedy is playing great toby rudolph is playing great jesse ramian is playing great like these are these are guys who are are who they are because of him and yeah i i've seen some sharks fans point to the fact that he's misused some people he doesn't know what to do with for example billy magulius things like that but I would just look at the guys that have come through that team in the past couple of years. And there's plenty, I think, to get excited about in the future. And I think it's a great shame for him that he's not going to be there to be a part of it. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't think you've said much wrong there. And I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I, I sit in the world where all of what you said can be true. And the Sharks could also have made a good decision. Yeah. You know, I do agree. He's his tenure. Like he took over in January 2019 when he wasn't really on the way to being the full-time head coach. Like he, you know, he was elevated during his development. You know, he was on the development path to being a full-time head coach and elevated because of what happened with Shane Flanagan getting punted again and exceeded expectations that he did get a, a short-term gig, but they definitely never fully committed to him as as the future. And I do think he's shown more than enough to earn that commitment from that club, but I don't begrudge them for the decision they've made. And there is no nice way to handle it. That's, that's no. the other part. People are like, Oh, well it's back dealings, whatever. It's like every time a coach is replaced, it's pretty much backdoor dealings back. Like the Broncos did this to Anthony, to Wayne Bennett for bloody Anthony Seabold, John Morris ain't immune, you know, like yeah. um, I just, I think Fitzgibbon, He's become such a story, like such a reputation. He's almost reputation has almost grown from him turning gigs down that I think the Sharks, knowing that he was interested, just couldn't say no. You know, it's like, oh, all these other clubs wanted him. And he said, no, this guy is, you know, the second coming of, of Trent Robinson or something. And maybe he is and maybe he isn't. I actually don't know. I, I, I do rate Fitzgibbon's work so far, but it's always really hard to rate the assistance at a good club. Yes. Sometimes they end up like Anthony Seabold at Souths and sometimes they end up like Trent Barrett. Yeah. And I don't blame Sharks fans for wanting more as well. I I do agree with that. But uh, yeah, what he's done with that roster and even might have mentioned um, no Sean Johnson now, but over the last year or two, like they lost Bronch and Cherry last year. They've had the the Matt Moylan in and out of the side business, the Josh Dugan out of the side business. Moylan being signed to be a, to be a fullback, essentially not being up to playing fullback. So they've had Will Kennedy come through and a lot of the other guys there, not all of them have been with him since that NYC side, but a lot of those guys have come through the grades at, at Cronulla and punching well above their weight. And, you know, maybe they were always going to become that player. Maybe the club believes that, but it did feel for him. And I, I respect his decision to step away today that, They've come to a point now they've got 15 guys off contract. He's stuck through the tough times with those contracts. You know, they've got, you know, Dugan's off contract. 
Sean Johnson's off contract. Out of other big money guys, Moylan's off. Not big money, but Tolman's off. But uh, Woods is off. Like They have 15 players left on contract past this season. They still have Fafita for another year, but he'll probably be gone. But there's come to a point now where this roster is ready for someone to put their stamp on it. And I, and I would, if I was Morris, I'd feel pretty aggrieved that like, he's not been given the opportunity to do that. But I don't know if I blame the Sharks for what they did. Because no. I just I just feel like what's come with Fitzgibbon, as I said, he's like his story is almost become mythical that he's just going to be this first grade coach. And maybe it's all wrong. Maybe he's terrible. But not many people get offered first grade head coaching jobs and turn them down. So that self-confidence in himself is enough for me already. <laughs> To think there's something there. Yeah, I, I I wanted to stop short of saying things like, "Oh, it's a disgrace what yeah. they've done to that nice man." But yeah, uh, you're right. Both parties can be correct in this, and it, it, it's not really any different to when there's a player that everybody likes at a club, and everyone sort of arrives at the same conclusion that yeah, we like you, but we need to go in a different direction to take this to the next level. This has happened at every club lots and lots of times. Nathan Merritt being the one that was most painful for me on a personal level. But Mate, what you've you know, they want to comp that year. So <laughs> you've you've touched on right now, which might be a great comparison, the Mitchell Pierce to Cooper Cronk thing. And I'm not saying Fitzgibbon is Cooper Cronk because no. Cooper Cronk in the situation would be Robinson or Craig Bellamy. But Mitch Pierce got that team to a level. You know, maybe the Sharks you believe this is the level that John Morris can get us to. And I yeah, as you said, they've certainly got every last ounce out of that roster. So who's to say he couldn't get more ounces out of a better roster what he's given, but yeah, you just got to feel real, real sorry for Morris in this one as everyone does. Just, yeah. There's so many guys who've done much worse jobs. who have hung around forever. Yeah. You, you, if he was at a, if he was at a worse club, he'd probably have a job for longer. Um, and I'll tell you what, if, if things keep going the way they are at Tigerland, it wouldn't shock me to see him lob up there in a year or two's time. Well, it started to come out more and more that like Des Hasler's contract isn't as concrete as first thought. Uh, Madges isn't as concrete as first first thought. You know, you look at situations that you've got, you know, Kevy off, Walters off contract end of next year, for example. There probably is going to be gigs available in the next 18 month, 18 months. And if, if you're looking at the positives of everything he's done at Cronulla, you know, he won Toyota Cup Coach of the Year in 2017. He's hmm. proven that he can develop young players. I mean, we just named four or five of these young players that that he's brought on and has turned into really, really good first-grade players. If you are a team like Brisbane, or unfortunately for the Bulldogs, they've signed a new contract, but like Canterbury, like a team that sort of knows they're not going to win a premiership in the next couple of years, but they do have a lot of young players who they want to see take another step in their development, I think he would be a perfect candidate. I think there's a few clubs that he would fit in really well at, but yeah, your boys might be one as well. Yeah. And I know you can get it and make the argument that he didn't assemble that roster. So no one really knows how he, how good he is setting up systems from top to bottom or pathways or being one of those coaches that's really in charge of things. Cause it's quite clear. He hasn't been in charge of much there, but head coaching since he's been there. But yeah, there's certainly some clubs you could slot in at that they back the rest of they they back their recruitment right or other positions to get the right players there, and they just need a coach to, to do the rest. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know where he'd end up next, but the, you'd think there'd have to be some suitors in the next year or two. Like the jobs will always come available in the NRL. And I think he's done the right thing stepping away, mate. Like oh yeah, look if you, I, I think if any of us in the same boat, that we'd do the same thing. But you know, 
there's a lot of pressure on that Sharks board now because they've nuked what was a pretty good season. They started all right. Yeah, they're only. I know you could say, oh, they're only two and two and six, two and four, but they lost that comeback to the Roosters was was, was tough. They got done by Para, lost by two to Canberra, but they did beat the Dragons comfortably and put the Cowboys away. And then they're, they're coming into a stretch here. They've got you know Knights, then Bulldogs, and then Melbourne, Penrith, South Sydney, Dragons, Titans. I feel like if, if I was making some head coaching decisions. I might have wanted to see those games. Yeah. Now, I don't think someone else is signing Fitzgibbon for next year yet. And I guess maybe they're also in a spot John Morris want to know his future. But I feel like I would have wanted to see a few more weeks. And I guess the other real tough thing for John Morris and, and how the whole thing was handled is how the Sharks can't keep any of this quiet ever. Yeah. I, I've never in my... And this this isn't... And, and again, I don't want to blame anyone in particular, but... I can't remember any coach in the past few years who's had so like the sword just hanging over their head, basically from, like from day the, day, <laughs> the day they the day they came in. They're like, oh, he's a stop gap until Flanagan can come back, blah, blah, blah. And it, it's been nonstop. So to so to make the finals in each of your seasons with all that with all that going on, I think is a commendable effort. From what I've heard and when I've spoken to him, like he's a really he's a, he seems like a good fella and he should have no problems getting an assistant job this year if he wants one somewhere else. And if he wants to just chill out and kick back for a while, I'm sure he can do that too. And he's certainly earned that. Yeah. And uh, I do want to touch on one thing you mentioned as well, before we move on, people are hammering him. It's really easy to, to hammer a coach for like the, the really edge cases. Like, Oh, he keeps playing towns and at, at halfback or he keeps doing this or he keeps picking that player there. But pretty much every single coach has that player or that two players or those three players. Like, you can even pull it like I'm looking at Craig Bellamy now, still playing George Jennings. Oh, I don't know what's going on there, but you know he's handed this roster, handed Chad Towns, and with that long ass contract, you know what's he supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> like, great point. Is, you know, what's he, is, he's just going to give up on him, and that's great. I don't know. Like obviously, there's more things at play there for him there, but yeah, I, I, those things are always easy with almost any coach to pick apart one or two players. And if that's the, the worst thing you can say about John Morris's coaching over the last couple of years is that, you know, he's had the balls to drop for feeder and they're still winning anyway or playing all right yeah. or they've he's kept playing Townsend or, you know, whatever. Those are the worst issues you have. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, I agree with that. And they don't beat better teams. But again, beating better teams. They beat all the shit teams. Yes. And I, to like, me, that's that's a better sign of consistency. But you know, It's above whatever. the level of what this playing talent is to me. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Uh, mate, when's the last time you shaved that quarantine bush in your pants? <laughs> <laughs> Support for Boom Rookies is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineers tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Uh, join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Uh, Manscaped just launched in Australia. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, and you can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products here in Australia, Mitchell. Yeah, so <laughs> now I've got to tell you a story about my own Manscaped experiences. And I have I have a two-part. The second part, I'm not allowed to say on air, I don't think. I've run it through. Okay. the. It's been through focus testing. The group, <laughs> it's been through the groups, and it got a, it got a thumbs down for, for public consumption, but... I, uh, if people don't know, if you listen to this podcast long enough, I think you know a little bit about my personal life. But about five years ago, I re-entered the dating scene after an eight-year relationship. And whilst I did maintain the region, I didn't 
maintain it to the standard I should have been. So I, I did pop down to a good friends at Saver Shop and everybody know we all know what's going on there. Me and the guys at Shaver Shop, we, we all know. Oh, sorry. I did it on the day of getting a Tinder date too, by the way. This is a dumb risk. I popped down to a friend at Saver Shop and did the whole thing of like, oh yeah, I want a thing to shave my hair, but like below my neck. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to say where, but you tell me where. And yeah, I, um, I took home this a certain razor, body hair razor, I recalled it. And there was, it was a bit sharp. That's what I'll say. I probably the angle wrong or something, but there was, there was a bit of a, a, an incident there, which ended up leading to me going to a date with toilet paper in my pants. Yeah. You don't want that. You just don't want it. So, uh, <laughs> but I did use the, like this legitimately, I did use the manscape gear first time on the weekend and legitimately shocked, like, how smooth it is against my skin. You know, the men know what's going on down there, the angles and directions you need to take. Generally shocked that I can put a razor like close and not feel nervous. So nice. Uh, and that's why, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, the Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released. <laughs> and even improved lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. So you can take a longer shave and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which eliminates cool grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget Mitchell about the charging stand. Show your mower mm. off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOOMROOKIES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Simi Redradra. He's absolutely buried it. Rantrandra. So anyway, uh, my car. <laughs> um, I do want to say again, legitimately, that key is good. Obviously, okay. people know that was an ad read, but I got the box. Probably post a picture of it later. Impressive gear. They even have their own newspaper in there. But yeah, 20% off free shipping code boomrookies at manscaped.com. Do it. Yep. The more of those we get. The more the, the better it is for us, and then you might hear that yeah. ad instead of the other ads. The yeah, and wouldn't and that'll be funnier for you. So that's nice. Um, <laughs> I promise no more ball shaving okay, stories. Good, good. <laughs> um, so we missed the boat on uh, Tommy Rodonicus's passing. It happened last Wednesday. We'd already recorded, obviously, last Tuesday. So uh, we we missed that. But uh, Mitchell, I did head down to Leichhardt with uh, Nick Campton, M. Sprouster, and a few other friends of the show uh, on Sunday to see. And I hate, I don't really like bagging teams and players, but given the situation, given they were playing for an all time club legend at home against a team that hadn't won a game whose best player wasn't there, they turned in one of the most cowardly performances you're ever going to see. They somehow scored, what, six tries apiece, somehow. That that defense for the most of that game, the Cowboys. Didn't even seem to try that hard. I mean, the, the Hammers try happening two minutes into the game is embarrassing. It was sick, though. <laughs> it was sick. I loved it. Amazing try. But that happened two minutes into the game. Uh, embarrassing that being that early. And then the, 
the Ben Condon try 29 minutes in where he just pushed through Joe Owen and James Awful. Roberts. Disgusting. And this is the edge defense in general. It's, I, I don't uh, understand how an edge that had Jake Granville on it was not the most porous edge in this game. Yeah. I mean, this is the same old things. I'm not going to blame, like, they scored 30 points. It's not the, the halves' fault they lost this game. But when Jake Granville goes out on, on that edge, and he played out there for quite a bit at, at what, for 15 minutes, he played on that edge. They went there like twice. And we went through this the other week uh, when good teams like the Roosters or the Storm will just pick an edge apart. It's not that hard. It just it's isn't. Not. Run at the um, guy, the hooker in the in the in the back line. Run at him. Sorry, I, I mentioned two. I mentioned two guest hosts of the show, but there was a, also Simon Latham was there as well. And there goes pickles. Yeah, it's an experience to watch, to be standing next to a Tigers fan watching the life just drain out of them, as all hope is lost. Uh, although the hope, I guess, was lost pretty quickly. But he was basically screaming for fifteen minutes straight. They've got Granville and Drinkwater next to each other in the centers. Run at them. And uh, yeah, it's if if a sad man on the hill can see that, why can't the players? Yeah, and I've made some changes this week that I like. I think I mean in our preview of the season with Simon, with a, <laughs> the hype got a bit too out of out of control. Luckily, I didn't put him in my eight yet. But little getting replaced by Simkin, I think, is a good change. I do feel sorry. I do think it's time, as I mentioned, for the Broncos last week for that Milford Broncos divorce. It's definitely time for the Tigers Brooks divorce, even though he's got years left. But it's always so lazy in some of these games how it's like, oh, it's bloody Brooks. It's like he leads the NRL in try assists, which is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, he but he, he must it's weird, he has try assists, but it feels like he's like last in situational awareness. Yes. That was, like, and of course he had to drop that last kick off. Of course he did. He did. He I did. will say though, there's been some rumors floating around of a Adam Reynolds Luke Brooks player swap. And whilst I obviously don't want that to happen, not a bad consolation prize. I think a change of scenery would benefit him pretty well. And especially going to a team like Souths with a bunch of stars around him, I wouldn't shock me if he if he was good if he ended up at a good club. I th- I think he needs a Jamal Fogarty treatment. I think he needs, as in, he's Ash Taylor. He needs another yes. person to come yes, in yes, yes. and and take a bit more responsibility. We're not fully take over either. Like Fogarty's pretty good at sharing with him. Yeah. Brooks just still yeah. If he, a, if he if he went to South and he gives the ball to Cody or Trell half the time, then yeah. fine. some of his game awareness is down. But yeah, other guys and they took some punts this off season on a few guys. And you know Jimmy the Jet does look dusted. I don't like like he's on the minimum. That punt, whatever, that's fine. It still is fine, but he looks pretty dusted in that game in in this team. Joe O just looks like the same awful player he was. Not great. I do and remember then, that brief like three hour period where he did that interview bagging Seabold, and you were like, oh maybe maybe it'll maybe. be all right without him. Yeah. No. And no, um, then he wasn't all right. And then you know some of the other. This is one of these weird teams that's like, you think half the team's playing well. It's and half is it? It's a bizarre football team. And then the Cowboys just like went in like hot knife through butter in that first half and scored some globe trotting tries that like they get made to look better for mine by the lack of commitment from the Tigers. Drinkwater played really well, thought. He did um, in attack. He did in that chip chip and chase try also fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Oh again, that happened right in front of us. Just embarrassing. Did a single Tigers <laughs> player move? No. Like they watched him run and he kicked to himself and they were watching it bounce. So and like, well, yep, that's a good try, Scott. Well done, sir. Yeah, and you've just got to be disgusted as a Tigers fan that you lose a game like this. And I know, I know that like you can't. I know it's it's like when people got used to get weird about the Knights on Old Boys Day, and I'd just be like, it's a bunch of bullshit. Like everyone's there trying to win, but still, you expect them playing for Tommy to do in a game anything. like this. 
to just fucking fire up and just win. Just beat a team that hasn't won a game. That's it, mate. And the, and again, that team, a highly flawed team that hadn't won a game as well. Even on the day, like, that's with the guys. Like the Hammer only had three runs in sixty six minutes, but one of them was. <laughs> Kyle Felt made five errors. He did, and then like Cohen has started in the middle and sucked, and whatever. Like he's playing prop this week. He is, he is. So it's just bizarre, bizarre team. They made again, made some changes. They brought in Jake Simpkin, which I like. I do really like your boy Dewey, by the way, in the six. I do feel like he actually wants. Maybe to Maybe don't let him kick bit. goals anymore. But other yeah. than that, yeah, they'll never have a goal kicker, will they? But Kane no. Laurie's been a great signing as well. But it's yeah, it's like a rocks and diamonds in the exact same damn team. And again, this week Leilu was out. Only lasted thirteen minutes. Don't think it was making a difference in defense in this game if he was there or not. But yeah, he's out. They made a few more shuffles. It's just disastrous. And obviously, both got the Coltrane Cup tip wrong. So, yep. Not is, anybody, is anyone left undefeated? Four people: uh, Simo, yeah. Jason, Jace G, yeah. and I will pull the fourth name up whilst you keep talking about how much we hate the Tigers. Yeah, but I'm uh, glad. I'm glad it's only four because obviously we haven't decided. Well, they were the most played. picked team this week. I think forty yeah. people, including both of us, had them. For That's new good. listeners of the show, we have a tipping competition where you pick one match per week, but you've got to tip every team in the league at least once throughout the year. So a lot of people tip the Tigers this week. Uh, the fourth one is Eddie NZ. Oh, there you go. Well done, Eddie, as well. And uh, you did ask me on on Thursday or so, or Friday, oh, who'd you tip again? We, we, we I didn't submit you. I don't submit, you know. I just submit on the podcast. And I did sit thinking, and some Tigers fans had tweeted, tweeted it. They said, oh, Tam Lolo and Maguire, we're going to lose. You know, <laughs> like, and I was like, no, I can't change a tip. I said I wouldn't do that unless extenuating circumstances. And that's a circumstance in the Tigers' benefit. But I think that's the toughest thing about this this team is like, it's not the same team from a decade ago, but it's the same ethos and the fans see it coming. I don't get it. They can't shake it. They can't shake what they are. But they've never, they just don't ever win in these big, and I know this isn't a particularly big Especially game like contextually, her. but it is a big game given the occasion. And and it yeah. was a very winnable game for them, you know, and it's especially at Leichhardt. Like Maguire's aged like 40 years since he's been there, but it just seems like these guys, like, as you said, the this, this, this stage is always set at the stadium. Sunday over footy at Leichhardt, all that garbage, and then they just don't turn up. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel bad for their fans. They've won one of their last five there, and that's where they smashed our Broncos. That doesn't count, my Broncos. Doesn't, but it yeah. doesn't count. Terrible. Terrible. I don't know what to say. I'm just and sad. I, and I don't know. Again, there's so many talented guys in that roster. It's like I don't know how they can replace. Luke Brooks, but I do feel like they're one of those teams likely to do because they keep taking punts. Do the Anthony Milford punt and live to regret it. Yeah. Um, if, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this before we move on? No. Let's talk about something happier. Sam Walker. He's sick. <laughs> Actually, that's not good because the Roosters have another good player. That's bullshit. It shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. I mean, I've had enough time talking about Seabold in my life on this podcast. And I knew at the time when Sam left, he did some bottling and it was some issues with his pet, like the Walker family and Sam. But that story came out like a week or two ago that Seabold had scheduled a, a meeting with Sam during a high school exam. So Sam somehow got his exam moved because of it was a Broncos contract meeting. There's high school copped it, told him his parents couldn't come. It's like two years ago. He's like 17. And then it was a four hour meeting. What 17-year-old 
wants a four-hour meeting talking footy with a head coach. You're really nervous half time anyway. But that's yeah, had that meeting and then went to the Roosters. And the Roosters weren't creeps. <laughs> and he liked the Roosters. And it ain't a hard cho- choice to make anymore, is it? Well, yeah, I mean, no, it's not. And I read a fair bit during the week about um, you know, about his burgeoning relationship with Trent Robinson. Andrew Webster read a fantastic piece on it. Mm. People should read that. Um Nick Camps actually calls it his favorite rugby league story of the year so far. It's a big rap for a man who reads literally every rugby league story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, in the first game he played, he had one try assist. He looked okay. He looked solid enough. He looked like a player that they could build on. But in this second game, he's absolutely fantastic. And they, they probably don't win that game without it. Yeah, the first half, he made a lot of mistakes. And it, then again, he showed that what you want to see in that next level playmaker, I guess you'll say, is that came back out in the second half, moved on from that and took control of that game and set up some tries with some superb passes. And the plays he gave that ball to, maybe he's in another team when he gets some, you know, his big cutouts, maybe they don't score, but he's on the Roosters and Brett Morris and Tupo did their jobs on the, on the end of those. But he was, he was fantastic in that game. He's still severely underweight. Doesn't seem to matter that much. He still missed some tackles this year again. Who cares? But even the try he scored, was like, that's a small boy. Duck through Chad, but yeah, we spoke in our season preview. I thought the only way the Roosters would challenge this year was if he somehow came in the end of the year and took over and was awesome. That ship sailed with how things have formed with them. They've got guys injuries coming early, but it looks like it might be just a fantastic thing for his development. There's no holding back anymore now. Like, you know, it's a long year ahead. His body's got to hold up, but talented player got his shot. Looks like he's up to it. Looks like the boys love him. It looks like he's going to resign now. It's like those poor roosters. They went two games out of halfback. <laughs> yep, um, it's tough for them. <laughs> yeah, it's just just you, you had to feel for them in that lean stretch of weeks. Yeah. Oh, just well, thank God he's a Queenslander. So though. annoying. Yeah. So goddamn annoying. Um, I was happy for him though, and we've talked enough about the sharks already, so we won't delve too much into that. But what is it about Walker in particular that's impressed you so much? Is his running game? Is his kicking? His composure? I mean, Everything. Kiki needs a lot of work, but again, he's an 18 year old halfback. Not many players come into first grade. Nathan Cleary was one of them, but not many halves come into first grade with the ability to kick the ball at a first grade standard. And Cleary had to work on some other things, but Cleary got away with um, being in first grade because he could defend quite well and kick well. Yeah. Wasn't that great of an attacking outlet he's developed, but Sam Walker, I mean, the, his family, whatever they've become, whatever they were, they all didn't have expectation, but Ben Walker was at one point, you know, supposed to be the business himself when he was a junior footballer, supposed to come through and be like the Broncos, not next Darren Locker because they're like the same age, but supposed to be that level of talent at Brisbane. It never happened. I enjoyed him at South. Yeah, but you can totally see the bags of talent that's that's in those genetics. Ben Walker will always have a special place in South Sydney Hearts because he kicked the winning field goal in 2005 when the roosters beat sorry when south beat the roosters for the first time in more than a decade so yeah nice always always have a soft spot for ben walker but yeah sam looks brilliant um obviously he's already getting the hype train it's off it's it's in full swing it's it's not slowing down anytime soon i right. hope hopefully it doesn't go too far but i think the really impressive thing by the way by the way mate is like so that, those passes you know we've all seen good halfbacks throw them the thing I'll be most impressed by is his ability on both sides of the field. That's what we yep. get to is that he can pass both ways. He's happy to play both sides of the field. He doesn't like, I mean, you'd hear the Walker brothers himself touch each other now about how, you know, oh, amazingly coached they did and how they didn't coach the same. But he doesn't look like one of those guys who came through 
locked down into your left side half or whatever. Yeah, he, he already looks to be quite a natural footballer. But he's also gone to there's no better club to go to in this and bide your time at as a halfback. Them and exactly. the storm, we all know this. And didn't bite it fully, but still playing behind a pack that still has Hargroves off the bench, who was exceptional in this game. Playing behind a pack that will still probably dominate the opposition every other week or if not more, with some experience outside backs with Tedesco. Yes, with no hooker. <laughs> and with the hutch alongside him, but it's a great situation for him to be in this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, not a great situation for Charles Nickel Klukster, who is going to miss two to three months with a bulging disc in his neck. So are we making like Billy Kikau play with his arm tape behind his back for like eight weeks? <laughs> it's a really weird one, right? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't believe in like, oh, if he injures someone for X, they should be suspended for Y, no. but... Oh, but. come on. Him not getting anything, and it was dirty on the field, and whatever. It just That it, game was dirty. Have they become, like, I think last year, people wanted Penrith to do well, for the most part. Like, the mm. neutrals, I mean. Not like the smarmy nerds like you on the internet. I mean, like, the, 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 the average Joe. Yeah, the average but Joe. I think, yeah. But I think it's kind of tipped. And I think that incident, as well as the Joe Tarpanay thing, and some other things in previous games, I think... I think people are kind of starting to think that hey, these guys are these guys are pricks. I mean, I, I've said it on here before and over the last year or two. They are actually the worst wrestlers in the competition, and I'm not trying to attack them. But to me, that's just a fact. They just are that, and they and they're very aggressive. And that's what part of why they're really good in that aggression. But they cross the line with aggression on occasions, and we've seen that with Kickow, and we saw that with the Tom Eisenhuth incident. And you know if those players at that time were wearing a different color jersey, the fire-up would be much larger. But it's starting to get there and people are starting to dislike them. And some of the silly things, I mean, I, I still actually like the way they play footy. I wish my team was as aggressive. I wish my team was as good at them as getting into their shapes and formations and so quick to get out, out of their end of the field. They're so good at getting into their attack really quickly. I wish my team was that good. They're not. And I do like seeing the young fellas being dickheads sometimes, but some there's also some things you just you can't do, and you can't do the tough and anything. No, uh, <laughs> like, and there was, it was just so uncalled for as well. And he got he got a fine for country conduct for it, did old Stephen Crichton, but uh, Christian Crichton, which uh, a Crichton, but um, some, one of the Crichtons, yeah, <laughs> Angus, Angus, yeah, the prick. Um, but yeah, there's just no need for things like that. And that game did get very chippy towards the end. For the record, I didn't have an issue at all with Panthers fans doing the piss take Viking clap. I thought that was funny. Always. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the same with when what, Sydney FC fans do the piss take Poznan and anything like that. That's that's fair game in my opinion. Um, but yeah, you don't need to be grabbing Joe Tarpanay like that and sort of dragging him in to a post-try celebration. I, I thought that was a bit on the nose. And I usually go for that sort of thing. Like, you know me, I'm a big fan of like dipshits in most sports that I watch, but Thought that was a bit beyond the pale. It's a bit different. Tough. wasn't even on the damn field. That's yeah. that was what was weird. And then dragged him in. He wasn't even near the thing either. So it didn't feel like lighthearted banter. It just felt like fuckwittery. Yeah. You know? Uh this this Penrith team though, and I don't want to make it sound like sour grapes, even though it's going to, because Penrith fans like any slight criticism or knock on their team as sour grapes. This Penrith team are a legitimate chance of, you know, losing one or two games all year. They are again. And they're going to, they have a genuine chance of finishing the season with the all time best record. What is that NRL record side. at the moment? Well, of the NRL era, anyway. They, like, I think it's like three losses. I can't remember now. But they have a genuine chance of being that. 
But I will go to my grave never accepting a team starting guys like Paul Momorowski. I know he's had a good year. Doing well. He's the, he's the best NRL team with the NRL era. I don't care if I sound like an old man shit. I just well, want I'll never accept so it. So give me right now, who do you think is the best team of the, in the history of the NRL? NRL era? There's yeah. a few of them. No, They're, but just give me one. 2017 Storm. Okay. What, they didn't have any players that you didn't think were particularly good? None? Of course they did. Like, I, I well, I, I don't like Vunavalu. No, I don't mean you don't yeah. like, but that you didn't rate. Is that why you're saying Momorowski or? No, well, I don't, I don't not rate Momorowski, but I don't think if you get me trying well, to say like, you look through the greatest things of the errors and you go I mean, like, is that, is that much different to the storm starting Curtis Scott in a grand final? No, but Curtis Scott actually had a pretty good year that year too, though. Maybe yeah, Momorowski's having, having a good, good year. year. I know. I know. I, I won't have your that, anti Momorowski yeah. agenda. And then on this show. I hadn't finished yet. Matt Eisenhuth <laughs> as well, for example, off the bench. Like, you know, it's still a pretty, it's a very good roster, but I'm just saying it's going to, you know, they're going to finish with a record. I'm going to just be the old, <laughs> ignorant old man saying, no, nah, they're still they couldn't record. have done, they couldn't have kept it up in, in, in my, in 1997, yeah, 1998, 1998 9, 2000, yeah. this team, the 2017 yeah. uh, Storm team, 2018 Roosters, like, I'm like, nah, I won't cop it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Look, you do you, my friends. Uh, but, uh, I, I can't tell you how to think. Another week though of like, yeah, oh, people like, no one but the Bulldogs tried to side Matt Burton. That was a thing. Idiots. Yeah. Oh, he that little step he did for that try. That was dope. Well, um, did, Peter Sterling he... said it reminded him of Ben Barber, which was an interesting comp. But well, at um, least it was not size or race based for one. No, is it, yeah. Well, I mean, he is one of the better analysts out there. So that's it's nice to hear it. Like yeah. a pretty intelligent and, uh, take, but exactly, mate. And uh, the best thing about that step was beating the man before he received the ball. Like he had yeah. took the step before he got the ball. He looks awesome. I hope the Bulldogs football. don't ruin him. He might renege. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, I doubt it to play center. Maybe, maybe has a good. This time is why they've got to get rid of this shit, man. Because would you be right now? Would you be shocked if between now and next year, one of Adokara Burton doesn't go to the Bulldogs? No, hell no. Exactly same. Um, the exact same. All right. Uh, moving on. So we were we were we we're right about a lot of things, but we were wrong about <laughs> this. we were wrong about the dragon. <laughs> and I did say, hey, I at least did not pick them to come last because I said Anthony Griffin teams are usually not that bad. Hmm. But yeah, they've been they've been pretty damn good. They're in the top four after five weeks. They've won four games. They beat Parramatta, who are a legitimate premiership contender, and they didn't just beat them. They fucking beat the shit out of them. Well, I uh, I'm hopefully my my pretender eel status is coming back. Maybe I can be right on that. <laughs> be wrong on the dragons. Uh, but this is the masterclass on how to play under the new rule set from the dragons. Leave it all out there and play physical in the first half, then cheat for the last forty minutes, and who give that's how you get away with it. It's what it worked. And they, there was a masterclass. They, they they played a great game from start to finish. That team on paper has no right to be as good as it is so far. Absolutely none. But yeah, that they were fantastic. And they you wouldn't think that a forward pack starting like Josh Kerr on the edge, Fumiano at lock, uh, Paul Vaughan, Brake Laurie with Marin and Alvaro off the bench would win the physical battle against the Parramatta forward pack. But they did. Daniel Alvaro revenge game. <laughs> well, he's been good this year. Yes. What do you think of the penalty try? I thought it was a brave call. I wasn't sure if it was right, but I'm happy for them to give those to stop cheating. I uh, I was cool with it. I, I'm yeah. with you as well. I would have I wouldn't have been aggrieved with that one as we're pro penalty try guys. I wouldn't have been that aggrieved if it wasn't one. But he was getting simbin either way, so that's fine. I, I can deal with that. Uh, I probably owe um, numerous apologies on this Dragons team. Matt Dufty's actually good. 
I don't like that one, but he's also really good. That's wrong about that. Uh, who else are 0 one two? I think that might be it. <laughs> uh, we, we, we might we might have to do a bonus pod just about the things we were right and wrong about so far this year yeah, yeah. for our Patreon listeners. And the Dragons will be front and center of that, I think. Yeah, well, wrong on one side of the field, right other side of the field, Papa Lee being the obvious yeah, signing of the that. season. Nailed that. He's no a great physical. Yeah, this Dragons teammate, like, and McCulloch's having a good year too. But again, people think I'd hate that. It's like, no, nah, I couldn't care less. He was, I was done with him at Brisbane. But he's had a, yeah. he's had a pretty good year there. Um, who are... Like, Adam Clune's Adam Clune's great. Adam Clune's been good. I mean, yeah. Clune filling in, you couldn't you wouldn't be able to tell they're missing their captain and halfback. No. Can you play Clune and Hunt together when Hunt's back? They have before, but I think I think Norman's played alright as well, which is weird. Yeah. It's just bizarre that like, yeah, the like Tarek Sims has always had this in him. Good to see him play as well, but they well as well. But yeah, Sims and Vaughn have wound the clock back a couple of years. Marin is usable. And they're getting away with like Braden Willie Army on the bench still and playing. Yeah, and while and while we're on the Dragons, Josh Maguire looks to, is heading down there effective immediately. Given how good their forward pack is playing, where does he where does he fit into this team? I think he ends up starting at lock. I do think he takes that, that yep. jersey um, just because of reputation and, and who he is. And I th- I hate the signing, but oh well, they'll prove me wrong again. It feels like maybe maybe this is just a team that's good for five weeks and they fade away. The Dragons have done this before. That is true. It's very hard to believe this roster is going to be good all year, but they have just played this particular game so well in someone else's stadium, and they looked like they had such swagger about them as well. It's well, like it's hard look, to see I, it turning around. In two, I think weeks. they've already won enough games to avoid the wooden spoon. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> being a dick. They have. I don't. I don't see the Bulls winning five games. Do you? I know. You know, Manly was um the other one, but Manly had Tommy Turbo back this week. So yeah. and they've got a win. And they now. won. Oh, can we just quickly talk about that game? Um, look, just because the game's close doesn't mean it's good. All right, that game was shit. Yeah, I'm happy Manly won because a lot of people had Warriors in Coltrane, but it was not a good game. Yeah. Okay. We're not I enjoyed come it. Here. I enjoyed it because it was close. Mm. But let's let's pump the brakes on. Oh, see, we can have good games in the. PVL ball era. This Nobody was not said a good we couldn't. Nobody said we couldn't have good games. That is true. The Panthers game was want. great. We want lots of great games, but yeah, we don't want to sit here. And I know you mentioned not for that reason, but we don't want to sit here and be on the rules every damn week because no, that'll get exhausting we all year. Week. We have it, but yeah, that game was not the poster boy for the the reverse saying the rules are fantastic. It was a lot of drop ball garbage <laughs> and and some teams at the end there. It was one of those ones that felt like neither team really wanted to win it. It was like waiting for the other team to fuck up first. Yep. But man, they stole their win. They've got uh, Tommy Turbo back this week, right after Dylan Walker tore his ass out. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Like yeah, it, was. It, it was very clear that he'd done something to his hamstring, but straight away we're all just like, and in the Discord as well, everyone's just like, "Ah, oh, he tore his butt." Yeah, that's it. And uh, I, I'm loving Josh Schuster. I know he's not a back rower traditionally, yeah, he's but he's been great there. He, to me, if they didn't have Jake Turbo, would be one a prime candidate to be that. Ball playing number thirteen, a little bit with a little bit of dyna- dynamism. Yeah, and he's got he's got them huge, and he's got he's got swagger as well, which I like. So um, he was pretty solid. But yeah, Manly winning a game. How about that? Warriors are getting brownied in four weeks is predictable as well, though. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. I <laughs> good say. On him. Yeah. Oh dear. Um. Uh, you did not attend the Boom Rookies Cup on Thursday night. Um. This is a sign. Look, we said we weren't going to talk about the rules, but this is, I'm just going to verbatim conversation that Mitch and I had on, I think Tuesday last week where I said, are you coming to the game? He said, probably not. Don't see the point. I said, yeah, we're going to win 36 to six. You said, yep, pretty much. Exactly. Uh, We're off by a point. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least this game was um it was always gonna be won by South, but the frustrating things about this Brisbane side that have obviously plagued the last coach and the current coach is that there is periods of games where this team can duke it out with really good sides. I was mildly worried towards the back end of the first half. Yeah, they were they were going at it, but their end of sets are beyond embarrassing. Oh my god. It was awful. Yeah. And then Brody Croft came on. I think his first kick was out on the full. Just trash. They just don't, they don't, haven't got, they, they play soft, mate. And I've said that many times, but what I mean, even with the tack, is that they're playing soft because they don't want to earn the points they score. They don't want to grind a team down. And then, you know, after three or four sets of pressure or winning the field position battle, we'll score on the fourth one. They, they want to score every time they have the ball. And that's soft. It's cow, the coward's way of rugby league, mate. Th- hoping it, oh, Milford's going to run on last again. And it will work, I swear. It's, no, maybe just finish like three sets well and then see what happens. And obviously the the push came to shove this week. And Milford's been better than Brody Croft or did in this year. Doesn't mean he's been good. But there's been a action by Kevin Walters looking for a reaction from the playing group. It looks like yeah. we're getting that a bit. And it's it. clear that dropping Anthony Milford is going to light a fire under. If anything, well, going to try light that. a fire. They're going it's, to tr- dropping yeah. Milford is a bigger deal to the rest of the group than dropping Brody Croft. I would imagine. Correct. Correct. And Brody, like, I mean, <laughs> a man who can fail upwards like no other is that if someone else is dropping, gets him in the side. But yeah, South was like, I thought your left-hand side might've scored more points. <laughs> yeah, Alex Johnson only getting one try feels yeah. feels un- feels feels bad. Feels like we've yeah. lost. But yeah, once you guys got got those uh, those comfortable points for half time, I thought it'd be bigger than this in the second half. So whatever that, that team just gives up. But yeah, you look at that Broncos side now, and it's like there's just a weak mentality through it. I don't know exactly all the symptoms or who it's all from, but you look at it now, and it's like, as a, if I was a, the head of recruitment at that club, I'd happily keep like four of them. Yeah, I thought Payne Haas was fantastic for you guys in this game. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't much outside of him. But there's plenty of talented guys that also couldn't give a shit or not if we lost them. Just because, like, whatever, you, some of you guys, some of them just don't seem to have the right mentality. They don't seem um, to give, like, yeah. Some, yeah but Lo- lovely to see 80 minutes for Benji. Scored his first try for Souths, which was nice. Um, my thick boy is winning the Dallium. He just is. Like, he got another three points here. Kill him. Um, He's going to just beat the shit out of every bad team we play, and which he's is all, all well. them now, pretty much. And he's <laughs> going to play pretty well against the good. Like he's not a flat track bully. He plays well against good teams as well, but he is. He just beats the shit out of bad teams. He'll get another. He'll score six tries this week against the Tigers. Um, and he seems to be enjoying his football a lot yeah. more than he has in the past. I'm not trying to take a shot at the Roosters on that either, but just playing with his mates, he likes more. There's far less of angry Trell. That guy no, exists, but there's right. far less. There's far more happy Trell when he scores a try than angry turning around looking for a, for a stink. Yeah, and um, we talked about Amaral's last week. That's still up in the air. Scored a nice try, kissed the badge. It was very funny going through the 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 joke of pretty much every time he did something good, saying, "Oh yeah, see, we got to resign him for a couple of years." And when he does something bad, oh, get rid of him. Yeah. Great classic rugby league humor. I mean, of um, course, the first two point field goal of the season. Was... My boy, I called it at the start of that set. I said it. I'm like, we're taking a two point field goal here again. They brought it in. Oh, you know, a bit of unpredictable, or you know, two points behind. We'll use it. No, this is always how it's going to get used with disrespectful halftime field goal. Uh, but I'm sitting there as if I'm Brisbane now. I know it's not based on this game. I thought about it over the last couple of weeks. Like, I don't know why they just haven't made like had made an offer to him. Reynolds, I don't know why. Don't, I think they're talking it. about it. Don't, like, don't. Like, Meadie's three years. Three years, 700K is not an overpay for a, for what Brisbane have paid other players. Like, do that. 
do the awkward thing of making Dearden play six instead of going like, why would you pay Tony Stag 700k to be your six when you could pay Adam Randall 700k to be your halfback? Mm. And whilst he doesn't fill me with my, doesn't warm my loins as a man when he had the balls in his hands, this team in Brisbane needs to understand to play the fucking game. The basics yep. of the game is like, we want to work a set to that point. We've got to that point. I'm kicking to there. I'm, or we're, we're, we're attacking that edge, this, this, this set, or we're picking apart that, this set I'm kicking here. We're this laying a platform, like all the basic things that Reynolds does like no other. Yeah. They need someone like that's so goddamn bad. Yeah. I, I think signing the best halfback in the world would be a good idea for your team, but I, I'm still remaining hopeful. And if you can't that, get him, you get Adam Reynolds. Ah, I'm still remaining hopeful that he sticks around. I, I think it'll work out. I have yeah, faith. It might just be blind optimism at this point, but I just think that they'll find a way to make it work. Um, I mean, how they still sitting there offering uh, him one year. I don't, I don't know, man. It. But like they keep asking other players about it. Every single player backs him. The coach backs him. I don't know. It, it's just really it's annoying weird. and they weird must situation. Have some, um, I, they must have some contracts. We don't fully understand the ramifications. I think of that would have to be the case. But regardless, I, I still think it'll work out. Maybe I'm just being overly well, positive. The other um, one I've heard a bit, mate, yeah. is that Jaden Sewer's agents making calls. So, hmm. like, if he like, if they're already squeezing out, like, like I don't know where the money's going. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe that Alex Johnston deal was a lot bigger than we thought. Yeah. Who knows? I will say it was just nice to go back. To the to a South game it was my first game with my grandfather in eighteen months. Last South game I've been to was the fucking prelim loss against Canberra. Doesn't that feel like a long time ago? Um, so it was just great on a personal level just to be out there watching the boys again. Felt really good, and you know, uh, yeah, it was nice to get a win. But again, as we said before the game, this this, this was only ever going one way. Um, I've become comatose to losses. Hey, yeah, look, uh, mate. Uh, I, I was, yeah, welcome to me 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, Andrew Fafita, uh, David Fafita scored a lot of tries. Um, didn't get three Dalian points though. Didn't do Look, the tough stuff, mate. I want to say, <laughs> Jared Wallace was pretty good in this He's game. Probably two points. He probably. played really well. But if a forward scores a hat trick, you get, don't big brain it. He goose stepped the fullback. It was sick. Just give him three points. <sighs> yeah. I mean, Ideal game for Fafita. Stayed fresh most of it. Hit those edges well. And yeah, but I just, I was on that ship at the time and I'll still, I'll, I'll forever happily be one of the very few Broncos fans who wasn't dumb enough to think that money was worth losing him. You know, the Titans aren't sitting there going, oh shit, what do we do now? And maybe in the long run, there'll be some regrets and questions and nah. there's going to be, there's going to be games he doesn't turn up in. Okay. Who gives a shit? Again, I've been through this. This is why I watch this game is for moments like that. They have one of the best athletes in the game. They're the only guy in his position who can do what he does. Yep. Yeah, so what? Some games you'll get eight runs for 80 meters. He's going to score 20 tries this fucking season. He, the the uh, the only second rower to ever win the Dally M is Gavin Miller in like mm. a long time ago, like 1980 something. He might. If the Thick King doesn't win it, he just damn well might. Well, and not if he, he doesn't get points for games like this. He won't. Well, he still got two points, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, but... Like, he is the prototypical forward for this new NRL. Mm -hmm. There's no one that's better suited to these new rules in in a forward role than him. The the way he moves, his power, his speed, everything about him. And the fact that he has to do less work defensively. um, Yeah, this is tailor-made for him. He gets one-on-one on on the edge way more already. already. Like, it's... He didn't get one-on-one that often last year, but teams are more tired. So often he's like, I'm one-on-one with a half, like 50 meters out. Like, It's a good thing this opened up the little man, David Fafita. I did, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah. we, haven't seen enough, we haven't seen enough big fellas goose setting fullbacks, though. So that, that's, that's true. Yeah. Look, say what you will about everything else. 
that's true. Um, the Titans, they might be pretty good. The Warriors game's looking more and more like an aberration. It's and I know it's they lost to the to Titans a, as well. I know they lost to Canberra as well, but hmm. I, I'm hard to get a barometer on them yeah. overall. I need this like they smashed the Knights here. The Knights turned up pretty wounded. They only they only really pounded us for about for 15 or so minutes. So I do want to see a couple more before I go and anoint them, you know, one of the good teams. But they're certainly a top eight roster, you think. They the kind of remind me a little bit of the Rabbitohs teams from just before Michael Maguire got there when they had Dave Taylor and Sam Burgess and GI and, and, and some really talented guys, both in the forwards and the backs. And some weeks they turn up and they look like a million dollars. And the other weeks they just put in clunkers like that. I think that's a reasonable comparison. They've got a, um, they've got a soft draw, by the way. I, I, I hate that term, but they only play the Roosters and Panthers once. So if you're only playing those guys once and you're, you're a team competing for finals, they probably end up with a, with a ladder position a bit higher than their quality, if you get me. I feel you. They're not playing enough uh, top four po- to- uh, four pointers. Well, that's nice for them. Um, we had to rush out last week. Uh, we ran 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 over, so we didn't get a lot of time to talk about Jake Friend. We should have. We will talk about it now. But since then, we've also lost another premiership winner, another great Maroons origin hero, Michael Morgan. Also, uh, with repeated shoulder issues, he was sort of specialist last Thursday, and that was that was it. He, he's done. Yeah, I'm, I'm also on the the implications that I'm, I'm to the day I'm thinking more and more the Broncos lose Tom Dearden to them, but it is what it is. You know, what can you do if they make a big bunny offer? Um, but it's it's tough seeing, and it's happening, not wouldn't say more and more, but tough seeing guys, greats in our game retire early. I think it's happening a bit more now, or it feels like it, because there's actually like an opportunity, guys, to medically retire. There's that an opportunity for them to keep getting paid while getting Medica retired with whatever insurance deal the RLPA and the NRL have now. But yeah, guys like friend, like you wouldn't have gone through the season at all thinking he was close. I mean, we didn't know his talk discussion of the n- numerous concussions he reckons he's, he's had, but that's a big decision for a guy playing for a club who, you know, it, it, he's a co-captain. They're in need in his position. You know, it's, I don't know what it feels like inside his head, but it must be terrible right now. Hey, he must be having migraines like no other to make that decision. Yeah. And it, look, we, we don't know the full extent of it, but mm. it's look, it's one thing for Jake friend to have to retire because they're like, if you get another concussion, you might die. It's another thing for a guy to have to retire because of a shoulder. Yeah. I mean, that's like the Matt Gillett one that just absolute mess shoulders, that many surgeries. And it just, it is, it's, Weird seeing them accept it. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought Michael Morgan would have kept going, but I guess he, he's obviously got better advice than, than me you have had. And it was affecting his on-field performance as well. But that's a lot of years for a guy, you know, what is he, 29, 30, who was, before the injury started, he was a walk-up in the 17 for Australia in, in Queensland. Like He was getting that 14 job for at least at, in for Australia. So tough to see that. And then it's just... The Cowboys fans that have they looked at it as well. 2017, they thought they were seeing the future. They were getting that the torch being passed over. Michael Walken was their next guy. They had him, they had Tamalo locked down. They were going to steer them the right way. And here they are, one win to five rounds. No Michael Morgan and unhappy Tamalolo. Must be great for them. Not looking great. At least they got a win. That's yeah. all we can say. Jake Friend, though. We didn't get much time to talk about him last week. We've got a little bit of time now. A, a guy who had kind of a weird career in, in, mm. in his relationship with his own fan base. We know a lot of them 
didn't really take, didn't really respect him to the extent they probably should have for a lot of the time that he was there, but an incredibly great servant to that club and an incredibly hardworking player. And obviously big, big shame for him to go out like this. Yeah. And um, he mentioned the number, like the amount of concussions he's had. And I know there's been articles before, but players, as they all would, any young man would do what they do. And this is why we have some HIA and concussion rules. And I think they should put the game should go further, but they all try and hide them always because they footy players just want to play the next week and they don't understand what the feeling and like you know you think it's headaches or migraines i'll be fine but then you end up situations like guys like jake friend later in their career that actually know you're not fine it's so bad you can't even play the sport it's so bad in some instances that they can't even train you know so i just i think it guys like friend being a big enough profile guy could be a catalyst for change in the NRL, and i hope they are I, I don't know how we can sit in a sport that Sports you'd follow Bungard that I don't. You know how strict they are on concussion and and returning to the field. Well, the UFC's got. I think it's you can't train for sixty days, mm-hmm. and you can't compete for ninety days. I believe is the protocol. So, yeah, it's interesting that sports like that take it a lot more seriously than than the footy codes. But I suppose at the same time they're kind of acknowledging that you probably are going to get hit in the head regardless of when mm-hmm. you're playing. Yeah, I just think it's. Um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so my advice is terrible. You know, it's. Um, I don't know, and I, I just think it's one of those things we all don't know enough still about brain health that it's sometimes really hard to swallow that if someone can be diagnosed with a concussion and then pass a protocol and play like five days later or six days later. I think it's usually about six days minimum. Like, but it's like I don't know. I I don't know the answers there. But you think I think smarter men than me think that it's not a great policy and hopefully guys like friend can change it a little. I don't know if it's a mandatory 14 days or 10 days or something without contact, but these are the things you think the game would be better off erring on a side of caution with moving forward. But yeah, Jake friend had a bizarre career that in the sense that he was, you know, on his on rugby leg scrap heap was the coffee boy. We all know came back to leading them for six years had three premierships there and eventually got his origin farewell. The guy who was stuck behind Ken Smith as well. So Roosters fans might not have rated him as much as other fans did without Ken Smith existing. He's probably played 12 to 15 origin games at least. So unlucky him to go out like this and who knows what the future was going to hold for him in rugby league. The Roosters have Sam Verrills. Maybe he was getting a song song somewhere else, but it's, uh, it sucks that he didn't have that decision in his hands of where his song song was going to be. Yeah, really tough. And it's it's hard for him to go out like this in the middle of the season. And also probably not going to get the send-off in front of the fans because of COVID and things like that. But hopefully by the end of the year. And also, when, of course, being a Roosters player. Well, Got I wasn't him. going to take the, take the low-hanging fruit, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, hopefully we get a packed grand final. He can get some semblance of a send-off. But I'm just glad he got that origin game. Yeah, same, mate. Yeah. Uh, rookie takes for the week. Uh, congratulations to last week's winner, Greg Alexander, for saying that Nathan Cleary reminded of Cameron Smith in terms of his organization or some bullshit. I don't know. Compared Nathan Cleary to Cameron Smith, Nick Campton devastated to finish in second. You hate to see it. Um, but we got uh, this was the toughest week so far. Um, I had to call this down from like 15 to 20, and some of them were absolute bangers that didn't make it into this final five. I think three, four, and five this week are going to be neck and neck. One and two are pretty bad as well. I don't want to influence people. I'm just going to read them. All right. So number one, we've got Paul on Twitter says, 
It, referring to the 40-meter field goal, is the dumbest rule ever. In 10 years, every team will have at least two players who can kick 40-meter field goals consistently. It will change the game like the three-point shot has changed basketball. The comparison is so wild. (laughs) Just insane. The three-point shot has changed basketball, but also like that is the only way to score in basketball, either a two or a three-point shot. The only way this comparison would make sense is if teams were kicking 10 field goals a game. Yes. Which they are not. And again, I do agree it's a ridiculous change. I'm like, I, I, obviously, I'm watching every game. I'm always calling for one. What a stupid rule. <laughs> always calling yeah. for a two-point field goal. But uh, yeah, you lost me in the second half there, Chief. <laughs> yep. Uh, Matt and Keita Clark. So I don't know which one to nominate. Maybe they get in a writer's room and draft it together. I don't know. Uh, when the NRL Knights win their next competition, already off to a bad start, they will owe a massive debt of thanks to Nathan Brown and Darren Mooney. Why? I mean, Darren Mooney signed Callum Ponga, so fair. But the Nathan Brown apparently didn't want to sign Callum Ponga. I don't know. I, I know that matters. It's just why it was so long ago. It's yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Also, do you think you're about to win a premiership? Yeah, uh, I don't know. You're not. Uh, all right. Now, here we go. Uh, Nick Tedeschi, number three. What a shame <laughs> neither Canberra or Penrith played in throwback jerseys paying homage to the 1991 grand final teams. Surely Penrith and Canberra could have donned their grand final jerseys. It was a very disappointing moment in Jersey history. Did he watch the game? And what's Jersey history? I don't think that's a thing, but um, well, hopefully that New South Jersey is condemned to Jersey history, that fucking Air Force. Yeah. Thing, but they did wear retro jerseys. Gotta respect the troops, man. They looked exactly the same as the, like near identical. What do you want? <laughs> was it because they didn't have video easy on the front? The funny funk companies in the front. I don't know. I have no idea. Like, he spent so long on crafting that shithouse take. He, he could have spent 20 seconds on Google. Even it's like, if it is uh, like go- went to the Panthers shop or the Raiders shop, you want to find out that it was the heritage Jersey. Not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> both insane. of them, both of them did it. Not just one it, of them. This would be a fair take if it were true, by the way, but, but it's like, but it's not true. Watch the game. They did wear <laughs> anyway. or like Google one photo or yeah, like, do, do anything. Uh, what you did. Dean Ritchie referring oh. to the, uh, this is this is my winner. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't influence the votes. Um, referring to the David Nofaluma no try for the James Roberts instruction at Leichhardt on Sunday. Technically, the decision was correct, but hasn't the bunker slaughtered what was a thrilling West Tigers comeback? Shane. I mean, the way people, some people, media in the game think the bunker is is a adherence to entertainment and, and whatever to the game They're idiots the right calls are bad when it's the wrong situation apparently like i i just can't understand why you would say this i just don't understand why you would say yeah they got it right but also fuck them yeah just get it wrong and then next time what's like yeah the other teams should just cop that too what a tragedy the Tigers. I mean, this like happened a... in this happened in that 2014 semi between the cowboys and the roosters if you remember that pass yeah. was seven meters forward and they it were like, a tragedy, oh, but, though. but the but the spectacle. I was like, yeah, yeah but it was it was forward. But there is um, some up for the spectacle too. Like, yeah, look, that was a bad pass, but the spectacle, fellas. Yeah. Uh, number five, uh, NRL.com poll: Who was the best performed player for the round at five eighth? On face value, a fair question, Mitchell. Until you look at the third option on the poll, which was Cody Walker, who three percent of people voted for. Three percent, and also uh, Triple M did the same thing. Cody Walker, best halfback of the round. I'm yes. Guessing. Uh, so 
Design right. person got the wrong walker. So I, I think at least with Mark Guy's team of the week, given that Cody Walker was at halfback in that team, I think they Sam clearly walker. just meant to write Sam Walker. Yes. I suppose this one could just be put down to laziness and they've just plopped the same list in from last week. But Benji Marshall's name's there right after Cody Walker. Yeah, they got both of them, mate. So and, uh, that can't be an excuse either. And now I don't agree with this one and I don't believe it should be there, but I've been asked as a man of the people. To, oh. to mention one. <laughs> so stupid. It, this this one, okay, I'm just mentioning it because uh, if I thought it was rookie take worthy, I would have championed for it. But uh, you just if, had a joke, like a smart ass thing about picking. Uh, I'm self-aware enough to know that if I said something ridiculous, I would put it in, as would you. But me yes. saying, I tipped the Tigers in Coltrane Cup because I think they will win. Fellas. I pick the Warriors, just pick the Warriors when they play the Dogs. It's not hard. But you didn't say because they will win. It's, I think they will win. Yeah, I didn't say they're going to win. I said, I think they'll win. And guess what? They were the most picked team of the round in Coltrane Cup yeah, by a yeah, distance as yeah. well. But, so look, and this is the thing. We've played games here like Quiplash when it derails when people want to make a dumb joke and it, they run it into the ground and they ruin the whole thing. All right. We're not yeah. going to have rookie takes derailed by a couple of yahoos Sub- in the Discord. Su- submitting this me and you every week. <laughs> yes. And in saying that, uh, if you do want to join that Discord and become one of said yahoos uh, and vote on which rookie take you think is the worst, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. And I'd like to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon. And they are Dave, Carlo Tyson, Wayne Ritchie, Adam White, Ando, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, The Anonymous Backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McP, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the not so mature age Jordan, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you so much for your continued support. We could not do it without you. Mitchell, this week's Coltrane Cup. Ugh. Well, we now have gone over the leaders. So we've got two people above, sorry, four people above us, essentially. Yeah. That Tiger's loss is, is stings. It hurts. But you've also got to remember that I think 90 people lost this week. Because... I know, but we did it in, in Volando Ball. We picked the, we got that Tiger's loss. It kills me. Yeah. Uh, I might be taking the Cowboys. So I think I haven't picked Penrith yet. Am I right in that? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've picked Penrith yet. Oh, no, okay. I picked them round. Do I pick them round one? Well, no. regardless, you can pick them three times. So yeah, no, pick I'm them again thinking... if you want. If you want to just get back on track. I know it's against the Broncos, but it's like Penrith away from home. The Sharks is not a bad pick. I don't I actually know that is what they just did. I wouldn't do it. I think I think I'm going to go Penrith at Brisbane. Nice safe pick for you. I'm going to go out on a limb and take the Cowboys. The Cowboys on on a roll, mate. And against oh, God, yeah. Do you want to change? We haven't finished the episode. You can change. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with what I said. I'm not gonna change that one. We'll have a bit of variance from here, me and you. But I do like that pick. But I look through the Cowboys draw now, and it's like, oh god, this is the best chance they're gonna get <laughs> to win again. Well, they don't play the Bulldogs again. Oh well. Uh, so that's that's already a bad one. And uh, they only with like they won away from home, which is bizarre. God, damn, I don't like it. Tigers. Shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Uh, mm, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I th- I think I have to do it. Okay. All right. Wait. What? What are you doing? Go with. Uh. God. It's got. Uh, no. I'm not. No, Mitchell, I'm not. I'm sticking terrible Panthers. radio. It is. Panthers. I'm, the cow- I'm doing Panthers. Panthers. That, that Cowboy side is still bad enough to lose that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm doing Panthers. Um. All right. We've come to the end of another episode. We did it. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Um. I'm proud of myself. I'm not proud of the West Tigers though. 
pricks. But seriously, go to make behind Manscape stuff, people. We'll say it again at the end. We're gonna bump bump you on Discord. Yeah, as well. use a Boom Rookies promo code. Get yes, use the code off. too. Money off. Help the boys. We'll get a if good. If you're one of our like six up, female listeners, buy one for the, the man in your life. Hey, you can be hairy like a man if you're. That, 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 that's come on. <laughs> All right. Uh... <laughs> All right. Uh, we will be back uh, with question time later in the week. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>